Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Interesting piece on Channel 12 last night. And, and, and I guess big picture... The, the truth of the matter is we, we have a coronavirus pandemic and, and nobody wants to catch it. And we need to take steps to make sure that we don't get sick and that we do not spread. it. So I, I think that's all reasonable. The question becomes, though, are state officials making it worse than it is? And, and don't get me wrong. I, I understand it's bad. Uh, the piece on Channel 12, apparently there is a conflict between Milwaukee County and the state with regard to what is a covid death. And it's interesting because according to the state, a hundred more people in the state of Wisconsin have died in Milwaukee County as a result of COVID-19 than Milwaukee County says have died of COVID-19. And you go, you go behind the numbers and, and what you find is that the state of Wisconsin is essentially treating any situation where somebody passes away and they are found to have COVID, they are saying that that is a COVID-19 related death even if there's very, very limited causal situations. For example, if you have a a 90-year-old terminal cancer patient who um, has been been on the, the very, very last stages of life and passes away, and then they do a test and they say, oh, well, in addition to all these other huge problems, they also had COVID, they treat it as a COVID death. And in Milwaukee County, they're saying that that's just not that's not right. I mean, you know, we don't we don't include, for example, the flu. If you are that terminal cancer patient and and you pass away and it turns out that you also had the flu, we don't say that that's a flu related. We don't say it's the flu caused that death because we understand the underlying death was because of of the cancer that was riddling through somebody's body in Wisconsin. If you've got covid short of dying in a car crash or in a shooting, you know, it's going to be treated as a COVID death. Now, this doesn't minimize or it's not intended to minimize the significance of this problem, but it does make you wonder whether the state is inflating this stuff to make the problem seem worse than it actually is. And and again, it seems to me it needs to be consistent. If you had, again, that terminal cancer patient who passes away and they, they had the flu, and we wouldn't have called that a flu-related death. Why are we calling it a COVID-related death? And again, it doesn't minimize the fact that COVID is a problem. And, and I guess at the big picture, does it make any difference as far as trying to get a handle on this, whether you have you know, 1,200 deaths or whether you have 1,000 deaths? The bottom line is you've got to get this thing under control. But Channel 12 had, I guess, a really interesting piece about how and why these numbers are, are different because the state of Wisconsin, for whatever reason, is taking the most liberal approach, small l, liberal approach possible in trying to classify deaths as COVID-19 deaths. And in the process, may be creating a misleading impression as to how many deaths are occurring as a result of this, which isn't to say it's not a big deal, which brings me to where I want to start. Over the course of the last... Well, 24 hours in particular, I have been paying a lot of attention to the the advertising that is out there for the presidential race. And clearly, 
Joe Biden thinks that he has a winning issue on on the whole COVID issue, and he, he's attacking President Trump's handling of COVID. We've we have talked about that before. I think I, I've always challenged people to tell me what they think the president could have done six months ago that would have stopped us from getting where we are now. Could you have shut down the country a week sooner? Um, and, and generally speaking, it's, well, he, he just didn't take it seriously enough. And I appreciate that argument. I'm just not sure how that dramatically changes where we are. I mean, for example, in the state of Wisconsin, we have had a mask mandate for the last couple months and and the numbers are worse than ever and and maybe it's because the masks aren't the be all end all that they're you know purported to be maybe it's because people are just ignoring the mask mandate maybe i guess it's a combination of both of those maybe it's the fact that if you didn't have the mask mandate it would be a lot worse than it was i mean i i don't know any of those different things but you know right now you know we've had a mask mandate for example and that doesn't appear to be changing the numbers all right here is my question if you listen to and or watch some of the Biden ads, you get the impression that he is saying, hey, look, elect me and I'm going to take care of this coronavirus problem. It's, it's we're going to solve it and we're going to solve it and then we're going to get the economy, you know, back rolling again. Now, Joe Biden initially called for a, a national mask mandate. He subsequently walked that back. He says, look, I as the president, I don't have the authority to institute a national mask mandate so but he says i think masks are a good idea 855-616-1620 that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line all right we are now here october 1st of 2020 if joe biden is in fact elected next month as the president of the united states what if anything do you expect that he is going to do differently than is being done now to control COVID-19. 855-616-1620. That's the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I mean, given where we are now, what what is suddenly going to change that's going to make anything different? Or is the reality, regardless of whether it's Donald Trump or regardless of whether it's Joe Biden or regardless of whether it's somebody else, is the reality that COVID is just going to be with us, period, uh, until you get a vaccine and then in the foreseeable future beyond that? 855-616-1620. Can Biden really do something that is going to change, that's going to flip the script? And if so, I'm wondering what that would would be. He can be more empathetic, I, I guess, you know, but at the same time, as in the real world, aren't we in a situation where as a practical matter, we're we're just kind of treading water waiting for a vaccine? Now, obviously, you know, people, we, we know that you're supposed to be practicing social distancing. You know, we know that you're not supposed to be piling into, you know, college bars, but people are doing that. But is Biden going to really do anything differently? And is, is that... A national shutdown? I mean, really shutting down the country again? I mean, is that what you want out of this? 855-616-1620, or is it just going to be more of the same? We discuss in just a minute. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, don't get me wrong. I... 
I think it it is a fair criticism for Joe Biden to go after Donald Trump and say, look, you you didn't handle this, the the coronavirus thing correctly. You should have done this or that. You should have taken more seriously, et cetera. Okay, that, that that's fair game. But I'm looking at all these ads that are suggesting Joe Biden gets elected president and mysteriously we're going to solve COVID-19. Right? What, what is it that you expect him to do that, that's going to change anything uh, but before we get a vaccine, 855-616-1620. Let's start with Mike on the northwest side. Mike, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, my thoughts are I can't do anything that Trump hasn't done already. Uh, he's got two things that he's got going on. He's going to have a national mask mandate, which isn't popular, and it won't stop it. It might slow it down. And the other thing he's talking about is, uh, you know, um, I lost my thought here. Uh he, if he's got a, like, why hasn't he brought, you know, to save the people, uh, cure this? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, Mike, I'm sorry, your cell phone is cutting in and out. I guess, I, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, what is, the, I mean, he, he said, and Biden's already backed off this. I think Biden, he originally touted, he, I mean, he says he thinks people should wear masks, and, and that's all well and good. And he was talking about a national mask mandate. He's already walked that back because he acknowledges that he doesn't have the authority, the president doesn't have the authority to implement a national mask mandate. But having having said that, we, we, we have a mask mandate in Wisconsin, and the numbers are continuing to, you know, go up and up. And if it's because of noncompliance, okay, then the question is, are we going to start finding people? Are we going to start locking people up if, if they're not wearing the mask? I mean, I, I guess I'd, I'd like to hear from the vice president, from the former vice president, what, what, what is going to be different? It's okay to criticize Donald Trump for not taking this seriously enough and, and some of the, like, crazy remedies that he touted. I mean, I, I get where the criticism is coming from. But what what is going to be different? 855-616-1620. Hannah in Sister Bay. Hi, Hannah. You're on WTMJ. Hi. Um, you know, I don't I think you're right about Trump uh, not handling this in the beginning. And as far as now, there's not much we can do. It, it is what it is. Um, we're wearing masks, those of us that don't want to contact the virus. But, you know, it all starts from the top down. And Trump isn't doing anything to um, encourage people to do the right thing, to wear masks, to practice social distancing, to uh, wash their hands, whatever. Um, he's encouraging huge crowds. And that, as I said, it starts from the top down. Now you've got schools starting. We knew it was going to get bad in the fall again. So if you were if if Joe Biden gets elected in in November, I mean, what what would you like to see him him do when he takes over in January? If we assume that the numbers are, are kind of where we are now and, and there's not a vaccine, I mean, do you want to do you think he should encourage schools to, to close down across the country? Do you think he should encourage us to stop start locking up people who aren't wearing masks when the state has a mask yeah. mandate? You do? No, I'm sorry. What? No. Okay. No, no, not at all. And I think schools should be open where it's uh, possible for them to be open, where the virus isn't rampant. Right. If schools can, can absolutely. And at this point, you know, I there's there is no magic bullet. Right. This thing is going to have to do what it's going to do, as you say, until we find a vaccine. And if they found it tomorrow. It's not going to be helpful for uh, for another year. 
because it's just not going to be available. Uh, you know, I, it's just, right. this is so trite. But it is what it is at this point. There's really... Yeah, I, get, I, I wish. Yeah, yeah Hannah. No, I, I don't think it's it's trite at all. And I, I, I know when you say it, you don't mean to be flip. And when I say it, I, I don't mean to be flip. I'm, I, I'm now at a point now though where I, again, it's it's like short of, if you want to come out and say, okay, we're going to try to figure out a way to lock down the country, try to go back to where we were in March and what some European countries have done, and we're going to unemploy and we're going to we're going to unemploy millions of more people, and we're going to cause all this economic and all the other stuff that comes with it if that's if that's what you're looking at doing okay that's that that that's fine i don't think biden's going to do it he acknowledges he can't do a national mask mandate so i i guess i just i mean i'm looking at these different ads and again i think it's fair to criticize president trump for underreacting and, and and not getting a handle on this although as a practical matter i'm not sure what it was that he could have done other than a, again uh, you know, if if he would have gotten on board the the mask mandate at some point in time, you know, earlier, maybe that would have been the case if he would have not put himself made this as much about him as opposed to maybe making it about the scientists or whatever. I mean, I think those are fair criticisms for the way he handled it. I'm just trying to be perspective, and I'm watching these ads. You know, and you get the idea that Biden's got some magic bullet that if he gets elected, he's going to take over and this is going to go away. I just don't know what that would be. Let's talk to Bob in Twin Lakes. Bob, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, You've got a great show. I love li- I love Thank listening you. to your show. Thank you. And uh, I I agree with you that uh, uh, Trump probably underreacted. But, uh, you know, as many people in his administration as he's fired, he has people shaking in their boots, I yeah. think, a lot of times. And when he put Mike Pence in charge of the COVID, well, how often do you see Mike Pence starting up the interviews regarding what the status is and what what's going on. No, it's Trump. Yeah. And I, I've been a Trump supporter for the last four years. Yeah. And I'm I'm wavering on that now. Uh I, you know I don't know. He's uh he's just not uh supporting what no. he said he was going to do in putting Pence in charge. Well, well, right, and and, and then if Biden puts, if, if, yeah, he made it about. I mean, thanks for the call, Bob. No, he he made it about himself, and that it was a. But he always makes it about himself. Okay, so here's a text, Jeff. Are you saying that we might as well stick with Trump because the damage is done? I, I'm not saying one thing or the other. I, I'm raising this question that I watch these ads, and you get the impression from the ads that Joe Biden has this plan that okay, you elect me, and COVID is going to go away. And look, that if he gets elected and COVID goes away, I'm all in favor of it. Look, I want to get back to normal as much as most people, maybe more than a lot of people. I'm just wondering what's going to happen because, again, as I play as I play the last several months back, I honestly don't know what the president could have done to materially change things. Could he have taken it more seriously? Yes. Could he have stayed away from some of like the the crazy stuff, like the bleach and that type of things? Yeah, of course he he could have he could. Could have and he and he should have done that. Should he have been more serious when you had like the CDC that flip flop on masks? Should he have done that? Yeah, but at the same time, like I said, we've got mask mandates now and the numbers are are going up. And I don't know that it's fair to say, well, if people aren't complying, it's because of of President Trump, as opposed to people aren't complying because they're 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 just deciding 
if they're not going to comply. But again, the, the question is, okay, moving forward, what's the Biden plan? And and I, I just don't know what that plan is. I don't know what any plan would be. Jeff, if Biden gets elected and it magically goes away by January, you're going to have a lot of Americans believing that this was overplayed and fabricated in order to um, get rid of, you know, in order to get rid of Trump. Well, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I just think, tell me what the plan is going to be. Jeff, this is one of those circumstances where it's very easy to be that Monday morning quarterback. I don't think anybody could have done anything better or worse or more to in, uh, minimize the impact of the deaths. Well, you, you look at, at Europe and, you know, Europe did, did various different things. You could argue that some countries in Europe took this quote unquote more seriously than we did. They shut down sooner. Okay. But, but now you're seeing COVID spiking all across the, the world. It's just that the truth of the matter is, and I don't mean to be fatalistic about this, but the truth of the matter is, I, I think regardless of what any sort of leader does, there, there's no magic wand to wave. It, this is going to be with us until you get a vaccine and then for a foreseeable period of time after that, because people aren't going to take some people aren't going to take, take the vaccine and some people that take the vaccine, it's not going to work. So we're, we're, we're going to have to figure out how to live with it. If Joe Biden really has th- this great idea that's going to make this problem go away. Believe me, I, I wish we'd include that in the ad. I wish we'd talk about that in the debate because I'd love to hear what his idea is. Otherwise, it's just, okay, how are we going to deal with this? Might he be a better cheerleader in trying to get us to wear masks and trying to get us to social distance than President Trump is? Oh, okay, I, I'm, I'm willing to concede that, and maybe that's enough. But it's like, what do we expect is going to be different in January than is different than it's occurring now, absent a vaccine? And I don't know that anybody has the answer to that. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. <laughs> This week's sponsor for the Wagner Home Improvement Showcase, presented by Great Midwest Bank, is All-American Window and Door. They are the experts at making your dreams reality. Visit them at allamericanwindow.com. Okay, I have a I have a why question, and I, I am genuinely intrigued by this. I mean, I think I think I have an answer, but I'm curious as to how you would answer th- this question. The, the COVID nineteen numbers are through the roof. It it's worse now than it's been at in Wisconsin at least at, at any point in the last six months since the whole pandemic started. Now that's despite the fact that we have a mask mandate in place. It's despite the fact that we have had health officials preaching about the need for social distancing and things of, of that and hand washing and all this stuff. So we're we're aware of, of this. I mean it's not like I think anybody can say that, that they don't know the things that they are, are supposed to be doing. And yet and yet people aren't doing it. I mean, because in, in truth, I guess if we if if we weren't going out if we weren't interacting with other people, if we weren't going to bars, if we weren't going to restaurants, if we weren't attending political rallies, if we weren't showing up at protests, if we were just staying home, my guess is if we weren't doing any of those things, the numbers would be lower than they are. But but we're not. We Knowing what we know, we are still making collectively, and I'm including this all of us, it's the big we, we are still making this decision that we are going to go out and live our lives. Now, in a conference call yesterday, Tony Evers, this is, this is what he said. He said, okay, the key 
to getting the pandemic under control, because it's not under control right now, the key to slowing the spread of coronavirus is for people to take it upon themselves and stay home whenever they don't need to go out. Quote, skip the play dates, skip the dinner parties, skip the family get-togethers, skip the work conferences, skip any other gatherings with people you don't live with for the time being. I cannot stress this enough. No party, no bar, no gathering is worth it. That That's a end quote there. So, okay, tonight my, my wife's grandson is playing in a freshman football game. I know she's going. I, I might be going as well. The attendance is, is limited, you know, but and, you know, so we'll, we'll sit with the family. But, yeah, she wants to watch. She wants to watch my, her grandson, you know, play in this freshman football game. OK, if I if, if things work out, I'll probably go over there, too. But, you know, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to make that that choice. We have over the, the course of the last several months, we we have made the choice. Do we go out to eat? Yeah, we go out to eat. Now, as a general rule, we, we sit on patios, so it's outdoors. But yeah, and we, we go with people that are in our, I would say, social circle. You know, I'm, I'm not surrounded by 200 strangers. And generally speaking, you know, we're, we're at a table separated from other people with, you know, two or four of, of our friends. We have some of our friends over. Again, and these are people that are in our social circle. But but no, I, I got to admit, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I, I haven't. I haven't given up the, the dinner parties. I, I haven't given up, certainly, the family get-togethers. Um, and, and I haven't given up completely gatherings with other people I, I don't live with for the time being. That, but that's what the governor's saying. We should all do that. Now, I don't think most people are doing that. And I don't think most people are willing to do that. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. My question is why? If if we accept my basic premise, and okay, the governor is saying, hey, if we if we live like hermits, he's not using the word hermits, but that's it. If if we don't go out, you know, if we just stay at home, if we don't socialize, if we don't go to the bars, if we don't go to the restaurants, if we don't go to the packer parties, etc., it's less likely that that COVID nineteen will spread. And and I'm, and I'm sure he's right, but we're not doing that. So my question is. Why do you think that is? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. My answer would be, I, I think it has to do with risk and reward, and that as a social people, we're trying to make decisions to be smart, but we're not willing to say we're going to put our lives completely on hold for six months or a year or a year and a half. We're willing to take some certain risks. Now, that might be a stupid decision, but I think that's why this is going on. And so when I see the governor yesterday saying, well, don't skip the play dates, skip the dinner parties, skip the family get togethers. I'm thinking, I just I think you're speaking to deaf ears. I don't think people are hearing that. And even if the people hear it, I don't think they're going to comply with that. Why is that? 855-616-1620. We continue the conversation in a moment. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
855-616-1620. Hey, Jeff, people are simply taking the information they have and using it to manage their risk as best as possible. This is what we all should be doing. I'd like to ask Governor Evers, are you going to take your own advice and avoid all these things you're telling everyone else to avoid? Um, COVID is here. We Americans are social creatures. We don't like being cooped up, and we are all managing our risk the best way we, we can. Yeah, I mean, that's... You know that that that's it, and I mean you've got you've got Thanksgiving coming up, you've got Christmas coming up. I mean I think that's going to be a question. Would we tell people, all right, don't don't have Thanksgiving dinner with your your family if that means that you know your aunt and uncle from Northern Illinois are going to drive up here and and participate? Uh, what, what what are we going to tell people, and will will people follow that? I mean I guess see that's that's the bottom line. I appreciate that we want to give people advice and we want to give people count on them doing the right thing. I guess I think there's a difference between having, I don't know, some close friends over for dinner on the patio and going to a kegger in some basement with 300 strangers. Uh, 855-616-1620. Julie in Fond du Lac. Hi, Julie. You're on WTMJ. Hi. Good afternoon. Um, I have to say that I think the... The biggest problem is that the response has been so jumbled from the federal government. And I, I think we haven't followed the science. I mean, the, the, the direction from the government is so lacking that when somebody like Governor Evers does step in and say, we have to do this stuff, people see it as an affront when it's just the way things should have been from the beginning. Um, well, I guess I, I don't, I'm not I, saying it's an affront, but when you say, okay, we're, we're six months into this, when you say no parties, no socializing, don't interact with anybody that doesn't live with you, is that a, are, are people going to do that regardless of, or, or, or yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, they're not going to do it because from the beginning, we haven't taken it seriously enough and haven't been given the appropriate guidance to take it seriously. I think absolutely we have to do what's necessary or this thing is just going to go on and on and on and never we're never going to get down to a one percent positivity rate. Yeah, well, I guess I guess I would say that I, I don't think we're going to get to that period until there's a vaccine and maybe not even then i mean i just because because people are i mean this virus we're, we're not going to eradicate it and I, I understand this is different than the flu i so I, I get that but i think i think this virus is going to be around the question becomes to me how do we learn to live with it well i i think we need a lot stronger response from people and and, and for people to not think that be, having freedom means just taking care of ourselves. It means looking out for each other. Um, I think there's got to be much more of a community response and a much more feeling of we're in this together and we all have to take the appropriate actions. It might be just terribly hard for a year, but unless we're willing to do those things, it, it's going to keep do, going. Do you think the government should close down restaurants and bars? I do. Okay. Um for, for an appropriate period of time. I know that it's the economy, the economy, people have to get back to work, but we're doing it backwards because until we have control of this, you can open restaurants all you want, but the virus is going to keep spreading there. So when, when you say, um, I'm just curious, when you say appropriate period of time, if, if, if we don't have a readily accessible, say, vaccine for 
gosh, another another year, just for the sake of argument. Maybe it'll come out in six months, but maybe it's a year. Mm-hmm. You would have like the restaurants and bars closed for that period of time. Um, I would. I okay. would. Or, you know, continue doing takeout, continue. Yeah. You know, we can, obviously in Wisconsin, we can't eat outside. But we, you know, somewhere along the line, somebody has to be in charge and say, this is what we really have to do. It's going to be terrible. I have children who work in the restaurant industry. Well, they used to. um, And so they're not working. Um, But... Okay, well, no, that's fair. Okay, Julia, that's that's fair. That's why I I was asking. Now, I I just... Man, I, if you you close restaurants and bars and, and other places where the public gathers. I'm saying you you close them for six months or another year, and that that industry is going to disappear. Ninety percent of the way they're estimating it now, about forty percent of that business is gone. And I guess I, I I wonder even if you would do that, would it would it stop would it stop gatherings? Because you know people. People are still going to have other people over to their homes and things like that. Now, it may make it a little more difficult, but I mean, I, I, I throw that out there and you, you gave me your why answer. 414-799, I'm sorry, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Mike on the South Side. Hi, Mike. You're on WTMJ. Well, are you giving your house number out? <laughs> you want, want to come over for a party? My wife throws a great party. Let me try to tell you. <laughs> What's up? What do you think? I got a real quick take on the mask thing, but uh, the first thing the Dems have to do is change that campaign poster. Harris Pelosi, we will lock the basement door. Now, the mask issue, we have a seatbelt law, right? We do. I know people that don't wear a seatbelt. It's only, what, $15 fine, or mm-hmm. you ain't going to get pulled over for it. You know? Well, I, uh, get, I, I think... Go ahead. Well, I, Mike, I, I guess I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm not sure. I'm understanding your your point here. I mean, I, the, the seatbelt mandate. By the way, it, I, I just think people wear seat. You should wear seatbelts. I, I don't need the government telling me that I'm supposed to wear a seatbelt to know that first thing I do when I get in the car is put the seatbelt on. So I, I guess the, the the bottom line though is is that people are in fact going to be people. We we have and and I think we need to tailor our response to recognize what people are, are willing to accept and, and that balancing. And here is the other thing, and I always hate to go down this route because then people think I'm you know downplaying COVID. I, I I'm I'm not, but it isn't the plague. Most people, most people get it. They get sick. Um, some get very sick. Most get a little sick and then they get over it. So I think there, there's kind of that balancing. Do we want to get a handle on this? Yes. Do we want to concentrate our efforts on protecting those who are most vulnerable? Yes. I actually think the governor would be much better served if, yeah, you, you talking, if, if there was a degree of common sense, because the reality is, People are you can say, well, don't get together with anybody outside your family, but nobody's listening to that because nobody's going to do that. Maybe we would be better changing the message to saying we really have to concentrate on protecting those who are most vulnerable. And let's figure out how to target our message and target the government regulations and those sorts of, of things, recognizing that covid is going to be with us for a while. Anyhow, Governor Evers is saying skip play dates, skip dinner parties, skip family get togethers, skip any other gathering with people you don't live with for the time being. That that all sounds good, but nobody's doing it. And the reality is, Governor, nobody's going to do it. That that's just that's just the real world. So maybe we need to change the message a little bit to try to focus on stuff that can really, really work in maybe trying to keep people safe. 
Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Eric Bilstead, do you know anybody who has had COVID-19? Uh, not personally, but I know through acquaintances people who have had it. Yeah, I, I just, I, um, I, I know, I mean, I, I, some of the texts you're getting saying, well, you know, people's perspective are different. If, if you've had, well, some people are saying, I've had it, I'm better, I don't feel a need to wear masks, I'm mm-hmm. out there because I've got antibodies. Other people are saying, well, for people who don't take it as seriously, it's because they, they've never had it. I, I, I know some people, I have friends of mine who, who've had it and um everybody recovered i mean yeah. it, it was I, I don't think anybody was really really sick and these are people you know in their 50s and 60s and 70s okay. but i mean it's certainly that that's the potential you hear about it and it, it's worried but thankfully all the folks i know they, they quarantined they stayed it, yeah. at home yeah and, and did that and obviously especially if you get older you had those pre-existing conditions it, it can be a little bit more dangerous but i was just wondering because yeah. I, I i think you know clearly i think more and more people now are in a situation if i would have asked that question three months ago i, I don't i wouldn't have known anybody right. personally who had it now i i do and like i say all the people i know have had it and they've recovered and they quarantined and did all that it's funny how it happens like all of a sudden you hear hey so-and-so was positive. Did you know that? And you're like, oh, oh, okay, I had no idea. Okay, and they're good. Okay, great. You well, know, right, that's, the that's, names that start to pop up now as we've gotten well, further and further into well, this. Well, right, and then you start to do the math, which is, oh, um, you know, Louise. Uh, no, that's it. That that. Oh, Louise. Louise tested positive for COVID. When did I last see Louise? Right, oh, right. you know, we well a couple of weeks ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, no, and, and we haven't been in in any of those situations. It's been. It's not like, gee, you better watch out because Monday you were with Louise right, and right. then Wednesday she she tested positive. Although I do think one of the one of the things that's out there, and I understand there's there's asymptomatic spread. People can can pass it on before they know they're sick, but a lot of it isn't. A lot of it is people going out when they're sick, and I, I will I will say to me that that's just just so irresponsible i mean I, I don't care if you've tested positive or or not but what was the story about the the, the eighth grade football coach oh, who's yeah. awaiting you know he, he's sick enough that he's gone in to get tested so you know you you know you've got various symptoms and then you're going out and you're interacting yeah, with a bunch of people it's like well that 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 that's right i mean it it's just okay right now this is a bad time for people like me who have allergies but I mean I so I understand every once in a while I'll sneeze but I, I understand it's it's an allergy sneeze it, I know what this is <laughs> but if I'm running a fever or I've got the sore throat or something I'm not coming sure, in that's the that's the thing have you seen what's been going on around here today the, the pulling back the curtain I our, our operations manager Kelly was in and, and okay. Kelly Kelly is just when whenever Kelly's around, you know that that stuff's going to happen because she gets stuff done and mm-hmm, all, and mm-hmm. and she and 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 Brenda were here, and Brenda whenever Brenda's around, stuff gets done, and they they were relocating our kitchen there. Ah, that's right, I we, heard about that. Well, it's 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 actually been amazing to kind of pull back the curtain here because most of our teammates have not been allowed in the building since the, the the pandemic and the plan is to start bringing people back on a limited basis other than those of us who are right, on air and right. our producers and all and but but what they're doing is they have to readjust stuff you know they have to find more space and spread people out and all and they've they it's just it's amazing i i tell you if i'm ever moving again i'm hiring these people because it, it's amazing <laughs> what they have done in the course of, of yeah. just a, a morning just I'll have to go check that out oh yeah because they, they, they took our whole kitchen space and now they've moved this into a different room and i guess they're going to turn that into a, another workstation oh, okay. for people so it's very nice. it's very good a lot of stuff going on here but yeah it's, what, it's strange seeing cars in the parking lot well that that's it yeah exactly <laughs> well and that's good we're getting back and 
and like I say, when, whenever you see Kelly and Brenda together, you know that stuff is going mm-hmm. to happen. Right. I'm just because uh, they get stuff done. All right, I have a question. See, I, I again, I, I watched the debate the other day because, as a political junkie, I was sort of interested to see how this would would happen. I, I don't think that there was anything in the debate that was going to occur that was going to change my mind because I, I kind of went into it with my mind sort of made up as to who I was going to vote for. And my guess is the overwhelming majority of people went in with the idea that they know who they're going to vote for. I mean, it's it's not like. They're unknown commodities. It's not even like four years ago where you don't have an incumbent president where people are like Donald Trump is a question mark. Hillary Clinton is a question mark. Maybe people it's like, well, can Trump be presidential? I, I, I don't I don't necessarily like Hillary Clinton, but can Trump be presidential? Those sort of things here. Almost every unless you. I, I don't know, unless you're just kind of a hermit, people have impressions over the last four years of President Trump. He is incredibly polarizing. There, there's no doubt about it. And, and even if you might might not have a strong feeling about Joe Biden, my guess is that people have decided that they're either with President Trump or they're against President Trump. But th- these debates... On the one hand, that they serve to reinforce your attitude about the, the candidate you support. On the other hand, there, there's always a, a sliver of voters, and I think it's smaller than this year that, than ever, who are what they describe as persuadable. Maybe you go in leaning one way uh, for a debate, and what happens to the debate either reinforces your leaning or it, it makes you switch sides. But that's a very, very small sliver of people. And, and the number of people who are legitimately undecided is even smaller. I don't know if in this listening audience, at this point in time, six weeks or so, five weeks before the election, whether we have any undecided voters or all at all. But I am curious. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Are you, number one, planning to vote? Because like I th- when I hear about this, when I hear some people say they're undecided, that, that, that means that effectively they're, they're probably not going to vote. But number one, are you planning to vote? And number two, are you at this point still undecided? about who you are going to vote for. And I ask that because I'm genuinely curious, at this point in time, knowing what we know about the candidates, about what it is that makes you undecided. Are you undecided? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk on text line. And or persuadable. That is, okay, as I sit here on October 1st, I, I think... I'm going to go this way, but you know what? I guess I could change my mind. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Any undecided or even persuadable voters out there? We'll see you in just a minute. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Eight five five six one six one six twenty, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm getting texts from a number of people who have have already decided, and in many cases, people who've already voted early, and, and that's fine. But for the moment, no offense, but I don't want to talk to you. I'm I'm wondering, are there legitimately people who are undecided out there who who haven't 
who are either undecided or maybe you're leaning one way or the other, but you are what we would call persuadable. Jeff, I'm 22 years old. This will be my second time voting in a presidential election. I hoped watching the debate would help me decide, but Trump's inability to denounce white supremacy was the final straw with him. I thought seeing Biden for the first time since he's left his basement bunker would help me decide, but after 10 minutes of watching, it was apparent to me he was just rereading memorized speeches, and that didn't look promising. I am still undecided. I will vote. But that first debate turned me off on both of these candidates. Armando and Racine, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Now, are you are you legitimately undecided as we sit here on October 1st? I am undecided, and I'll tell you why I'm undecided. It just seems like the last few elections it's always come down to who's the lesser of two evils. And it's not about policies anymore. Um, and as an independent, it just makes it tough on me. I, I want to hear the policies. This debate didn't help uh, Trump whatsoever. Um, right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like you. I'm a political hound. And I want to hear their policies. I want to hear what their plans are. And the last uh, few elections, it just seems like it comes down. Uh, you have to vote for the lesser evil. And I, and I do not not want to vote. Because I feel voting is important. You know, that's that's your right. patriotic duty. Right. So right open now you're leaning you're vote. leaning Biden as it stands right now, but you're 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 open to possibly changing your mind. Right. I mean, I I'm not a Trump supporter, yeah. but at the same time, uh, I believe Donald Trump has done some good. But for every ten things that he does good, his he does a hundred things that that, sure. that come out of his mouth that it seems like he's bad. Got it. Okay. No, thanks. Thanks for calling. I, I, and the, the purpose of this, I, I'm not. This isn't. I'm not trying to proselytize. I, I'm not trying to talk people into voting one way or the other. I am curious as to those people that are out there whose votes might really still be in play. Jeff, I had here's a text. I hadn't planned to vote. I'm 37 years old. I only voted once in my life. I am fine with the thought. If you don't vote, don't complain. I'm okay with that because. In my opinion, both options suck. But uh, the more I hear Trump flap his yap, I am inclined to go ahead and vote and definitely against Trump. Um, his idiotic behavior is swaying me. 855-616-1620. Let's talk to uh, Beverly. Beverly, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi there, Jeff. Hi, Beverly. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, well, I am very much a Republican, and... Um, Trump's abusive behavior towards women, people in general. I don't think he's a racist as much as he's an equal opportunity offender. Uh Bothers me immensely. Um, It's hard to vote against being Republican, but I'm not that thrilled with Biden either. You know, there's all the problems with him and um, being older, uh, being totally left-wing. I I just, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Who did, can I ask you who you voted for in 2016? I have very liberal daughters and a very conservative husband, and I've told nobody who I voted for in 2016. So if if I said, Beverly, just between us, you'd still pass on that, huh? (laughs) Yeah, well, I tell you, I'm very much against the Clintons. I was against the Clintons when Mr. was a president, and I do not like Hillary at all. Okay. 
put that out there. Okay, no, fair. No, thanks. For, and, yeah, and re, th- I didn't mean to put you on the spot, except, I mean, the, the reason I ask is that, you know, you were, you were talking about, you know, President Trump being like sort of an equal opportunity offender. And I, I'm thinking that that's probably not news. <laughs> you know, I, and so I, I was wondering if that impacted the 2016 thing. But there is a different dynamic there. And I, I try to explain to some people who 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 want to not believe polls. I said, well, you got to understand, 2016 is a different election. I, I, and look, I always have to, whenever we talk about this, I always have to preface it saying, I thought Hillary was going to win. I, I did. And I was wrong. And, and most pundits were wrong. Not all, but most pundits were wrong in that. But it was a different dynamic. In, in 2016, you had, it was sort of, in my opinion, it was a referendum on Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump was the alternative, and there were a lot of people who weren't sure what kind of president he was going to be, or they were put off by many of the aspects of his personality. But nevertheless, they they liked they disliked Hillary more than they disliked Donald Trump. Hillary was the known commodity back then. This is a different election. You know, Donald Trump is the incumbent. You have four years now. I think this election is going to be a referendum on on him, particularly since you have the Democrats that have nominated somebody like Joe Biden. If they had nominated a Bernie Sanders or they had nominated an Elizabeth Warren, might be a different dynamic there because then you could kind of run against them. This is more of a referendum on President Trump. At least that's kind of how I see it. Let's talk to John in Wauwatosa. John, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Long-time listener. Uh, thanks, thanks for having calling. me on the show. Thank you for calling. So, historically, I'm independent. You know, I, I truly try to vote on policies that are really best for the country, and that, that would be my opinion, what is best for the country, I suppose. But I am truly undecided currently. Um, it's shocking to me. I've been going back and forth with family and friends on this because, you know, Trump, he's just he's narcissistic disrespectful and i truly at this point after that debate believe that he is just not good for our country Mm -hmm. the democratic side i'm not sold on uh biden either um you know i just i disagree with some of the policies and i think part of that party is just way too far to the left um with some of their beliefs and it concerns me with his vp pick quite Mm -hmm. frankly and really i think we need a moderate that would be best for our country right now. Uh, I mean, just this hate needs to stop mm-hmm. and we need a respectful president, someone who can, we can be proud of. But we, we know what your choices are going to be, you know, <laughs> between now and, and November. So what, what do you think you're going to do? You think you're going to walk into that polling place and kind of flip a coin or what, what do you think is going to happen? I have an absentee ballot. So I think I will do that. Yeah. And, I don't know. After okay. a beer and a conversation with uh, my my father, my wife, my mom, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'll probably fill out my ballot and send it in. Fair enough. Okay, Th- thanks for calling. No, I, I mean it's just, I, it's just. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to, to to steer people one way or the other. I, I am just kind of intrigued. Nathan and Cudahy. Nathan, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey. Good afternoon. Hi, Nathan. Uh, yeah, I, I'm undecided. I'm I'm conservative, but. Uh, you know, the, the recent politics has, has got me concerned, uh, all the back and forth. I think, uh, you know, based on my age and, uh, income, uh, you know, voting democratic now would probably be in my favor, but I'm also for smaller government, which puts me on, uh, the Republican side. Right. 
Right. So, but so what? You obviously at some point in time you're going to make up your mind, right? I have an absent. You know, everything I've heard so far kind of echoes where I'm at. Okay. Uh, I'm. I've got my absentee ballot. I'm going to vote. I just don't know. I don't feel good about either yeah. of them right now. Um, yeah. Four years ago, it was a uh, lesser of two evils. Uh, Trump was probably fifth on my list of uh, of Republicans that I would have revo- would have voted for. But by the time the, um, the right. primaries got to Wisconsin, we didn't have a choice. Right. Uh, right. Kind of same with Democrats this year. We didn't have a choice. Right. If they would have had a better candidate. I, I'd consider that more seriously. Well, uh, Nathan, good good luck. I mean, I, I I think there's a lot of people in your situation. Here's a text that kind of talks to what you were talking about, Nathan. Jeff, I had to hide my absentee ballot in a drawer so I didn't have to look at it because it's causing me so much stress to think about the good and the bad contained on that piece of paper. And it's just kind of sitting in that sock drawer waiting to see what people vote. Well, there you have it. I, I think, again, I think the number of people that are truly persuadable are are, are small. But um, I guess there are some people that are out there that fit into that category. Back with more in just a minute. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. As Melissa just reported, the the breaking news story, uh, over the weekend, President Trump was scheduled to have back-to-back rallies in Wisconsin. He was scheduled on, on Saturday to fly into La Crosse hold an outdoor rally in La Crosse at the airport, and then fly to uh, Green Bay, Brown County, hold another outdoor rally. The report is that, um, well, there's been nothing from the Trump campaign. The um, Air Force One, according to the mayor, no longer planned to fly to La Crosse. And if that's, if that's accurate, the indication would be that President Trump has either canceled that aspect of that part of the rally or has decided to reschedule it to some other time. The, of course, La Crosse is, is one of the particular hot spots in Wisconsin, as is Green Bay. And so you had the mayor saying, we, we don't want people coming. And um, apparently one of the state senators from that area had asked about um, getting a permit to do a rally at maybe a larger outdoor spot, like a baseball field or something, and had been told that, well, given given where we are with COVID-19, the, it was unlikely that a, a permit would be given. So I, I don't know if that means that the rally has been canceled, but again, you, you have the, the mayor of La Crosse, as the mayor of Green Bay, and to an extent, Tony Evers, trying to you know discourage people from you know, attending these rallies, the, these large gatherings. Okay, here... That's all well and good, and and we'll maybe discuss that decision in different detail. But here, here's the one thing that I, I do now want to hear: if if there is another social justice protest that 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 breaks out in any of these areas, where you have large numbers of people taking to the streets to exercise their First Amendment. Freedoms. Now, keep in mind, attending a political rally is one of the ultimate exercises of First Amendment freedom. All right. So I, I appreciate also it's the era of coronavirus and COVID-19. And I understand why you have elected officials that are discouraging people because you don't want to have the spread of it, even if it's in an outdoor setting. So I, I get that. So they're saying, OK, look, we, we'd prefer, even though you have a First Amendment right to attend these rallies, we would prefer that these not occur. That's all well and good. All right, now here's the challenge, as long as we are living with COVID, for the mayor of La Crosse, the mayor of Green Bay, and the governor of the state. If something were to occur, 
oh, in the next week or so, maybe some charging decision in some community where you have controversies controversies that are there, I, I would hope that the same mayors and the same governor who are discouraging people from attending, exercising their First Amendment rights to attend a, a rally by Donald Trump would similarly be discouraging people from coming out in large numbers, taking to the streets, and engaging in forms of protest. I'm not talking about the criminal activity and destruction. I'm just talking about, I mean, if it's if COVID is so bad that we should not be having large outdoor gatherings of any sort, you know, will Tony Evers, will the mayor of Green Bay, will the mayor of La Crosse come out and say, you know, because of COVID, we want you staying home. We don't want you coming out. We don't want you engaging in protest. And will anybody listen? Because I, like I say, that, that's the, the First Amendment is kind of broad in that way. So I will be waiting to see if there is some decision that might cause some people to be upset and people wanting to take to the streets. You know, will will people be discouraged from doing that? Will people like Tony Evers and the Democrat governor of the uh, mayor of La Crosse and the Democrat mayor of Green Bay will they will they discourage? People from going out and participating in the marches or the protests. We'll be waiting. All right. The numbers, as we've been talking about for a good portion of the program, the numbers with regard to COVID, not good. Not good at all. Let me give you some other numbers that are not good as well. Depending on what news report you listen to, yesterday was an awful day in the city of Milwaukee when it comes to violence. Now, we're using them. We're saying there were 16 shootings. Some other media accounts say 15, others say 18. But whether it's 15 or 16 or 18, it was it was a killing field on the mean streets of Milwaukee yesterday. Two homicides. So let, let's use our number, 16 shootings, two homicides. That means 14 non-fatal shootings. Get this. All right. Since the beginning of the year through two days ago. So this doesn't include yesterday's numbers. There have been 139 homicides and 521 non-fatal shootings through set from January 1st through September um, 29th. 521 non-fatal shootings. And as I always say, uh, any any shooting has the potential to be be fatal. In, in many sort of situations, when, when somebody is shot, it's, the, it's there but for the grace of God that they end up in the emergency room in, instead of the morgue. Because, you know, generally speaking, if a bullet, if, if a bullet you know, is, is three inches away, it, it hits the aorta and, and you end up bleeding out and dying versus, okay, it, it passes, you know, harmlessly through your abdomen or, or whatever. But 521 non-fatal shootings. Let me give you some perspective. Um, 521 non-fatal shootings since as of September 21st. So that's now up to probably about 540. Same time last year, 313. 313. So, you know, it, it's not double, but it's it's closer to double than it is to the same level. Homicides, 139 homicides in the city of Milwaukee compared to 67. That is for all intents and purposes. And like I say, there's two extra homicides yesterday. So essentially, it, it's it's almost double. The number of homicides are, are almost double 
from the same time of last year. And we are on a pace. If it continues over the course of the next couple months, you're going to have to go back to the early 1990s, the days of you know the crack cocaine wars between street gangs in Milwaukee to get numbers anything close to where we are. Uh, seven of the shootings yesterday were outside a, a funeral home. And, and this was the breaking news when I went off the air. Apparently what happened is there was a, a, a visitation that was being held for um, a, the, a victim of a September 17th homicide. And apparently what happened is car roll, rolls by, there's a gunman in it who just fire, starts firing indiscriminately, ends up hitting seven people. I was watching one of the TV accounts yesterday, and I thought it was real interesting because one of the people who was there, it, very critical of the police, he said, oh, that. The, the police, they, they should have done something about it. it they, they should have known that this was going to happen. They should have had a police presence. You know, you, you can't be having this going on. Now, I, I thought it was kind of interesting that, like, a, you, you know, you expect the police to be, like, everywhere. But, all right, guy was saying, you know, we, we need more of a police presence. We need the cops here. Cops should have been there to do something to deter this particular shooting that, that shot seven people. Well, all right, the mayor's budget cuts the police force by another 120 spots. And this is after cutting, what, 60-plus the, the year before. Mayor says, I don't have the money for them. We're, we're just going to have to do with fewer police officers. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Given where we are with homicides... Given where we are with shootings, non-fatal shootings, without even getting into all these other levels of crime, it seems to me to be incredibly irresponsible to take this position and say, we're going to remove, we're going to take another 120 police officers off the street. If anything, you can make a strong argument saying we need to put more police officers on the street until we get a handle on this. And for every citizen that is out there who is saying, oh, gosh, I I just I was at this funeral home and there was this drive by shooting and seven people got shot, which is appropriately outrageous. And then saying, well, where were the police? We needed more of a police presence. Okay, what do you think is going to happen if you take 120 more Milwaukee police officers off the street? And for everybody who's out there with let's defund the police, let's cut this back, let's spend the money on Midnight basketball. Okay, don't you realize what you have going on in the city of Milwaukee right now? And you think the answer is fewer cops? Really? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Say, I don't mind texts like this because it proves you're listening. I, I, one of our listeners said, Jeff, 139 homicides is not just about double 67, which was the number of homicides that were same time last year. It's more than double. <laughs> and it would seem, to your point, it's why we need way more police officers, not fewer. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Let's talk to Jeff in Waukesha. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Hey, good afternoon. Yeah, this is a real problem, and it, you know, it's maybe not enough cops on the street, but the bigger problem is the cops that are on the street, they're staying away from that. They're doing as little as possible because of the political climate out there. If a police officer gets in a situation where they have to defend themselves, and particularly if it's a person of color, all of a sudden it's not just going to affect them. They're going to have to uplift their whole family. They may lose their jobs. They may be mm-hmm. facing criminal charges. I talked to one officer the other day. He says, you know what? He says, I know when I signed up, there's a chance I could get killed on the line of duty. I understand it's a dangerous job. He goes, but 
I am not going to take a chance on doing a traffic stop with a person of color and then finding out they have a warrant, and the next thing you know, something happens, and now I'm under investigation right. for shooting a, a black person, and now I've got to uproot my family. Uh, my whole life has changed. I'm not going to do that. He says, I, he says and I, I'm not the only one on the job. He says, everybody I work with is the same way. If it's, they're not doing even traffic stops on people that are of color because of that reason. Well, I mean, I, I don't know about the of racist but, just for pulling them over. Well, I mean, and, and there, I mean, Jeff, there is. Yeah, no, thanks to call. No, look, I mean, I, I think, I mean, there, there is, there is an element. Of the, what, here's what you saw in Baltimore. Remember a couple of years ago, there was the whole Freddie Gray situation, who was the guy that died in, in custody, and you had all these police officers who were charged, and I think ultimately the charges were either dropped against all of them, they were quit or they were acquitted. But, but you had. There was a an institutional feeling, and look, there, there's always going to be police that do bad things. There, there, there are, and and those police officers that do bad things, they need to be rooted out and they need to be prosecuted. But but there is also this kind of mentality that's out there that we're going to second guess all this stuff. And gee, just just firing somebody isn't enough. Or even if you followed all your protocols, you're still the bad guy. And we're going to show up and we're going to fire a shotgun blast through your your girlfriend's you know back door or whatever. And I think there are police officers out there that, and we, we saw it. In Baltimore, where it's not that people aren't doing their jobs, but it's like, okay, we're we're not going to be we're not going to be aggressive in, in doing enforcement activities because you know what we're we don't want to be second guessed and, and we don't feel that departments have our backs. And again, I understand it's a it's a real difficult situation because you have some people in the community and they are. They have their own interests, and you have politicians that are aligned with some of those more militant aspects of the let's defund the cops who are are looking for excuses. I, I, I mean, I watch the videos of some of the things that, for example, were going on in Kenosha and have been going on in Wauwatosa, and, and what you see is, is you see protesters that are baiting the police, that they're, they're going up and they're screaming obscenities in the face of the cops and things like that, and everybody's got their cameras out, and they are trying to provoke a response response which is then going to lead to police brutality claims and all that sort of stuff they're 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 baiting the cops and that happens i think it happens nowadays on a on a regular basis with some people and this isn't to say that there's not bad cops out there but it's one of the things that i think it ties in with what you're saying a lot of these police officers are like okay i'm, I'm going to do what the job requires but why go out of my way to put myself in a situation where I, I might not have the backing. Uh, I'm all of a sudden my name is going to be out there, and my family is going to my career is going to be destroyed, and my family is going to be ridiculed, and all that. Let's talk to Vincent on the northwest side. Vincent, good afternoon. The mayor says 120 fewer cops. Uh, first of all, it distresses me about that last caller. The fact is, is that police officers are paid to protect and serve. Mm-hmm. The fact is, they need to do their job. Regardless of, of of the climate in in in, 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 in Milwaukee, the fact is when the teachers walked, basically had a a a, a call call in talking about they were sick in Kenosha. People were outraged about that. The fact is they're getting the teachers were getting paid to do their job, and they need to come in and and to come and do their job. And and so and so police officers need to do it as well. Now getting back to the subject, but let me stop. Was, I'll let you make your point, but let me stop you there. Isn't I don't think anybody would argue they're not doing their job, but there's there, there's an aggressiveness that you can bring to your job 
that you know that, that everybody brings to their job. I mean, it's like, okay, how how hard do I want to go after this thing? Do I want to do the bare minimum? Do I want to do the average, or do I really want to go one hundred and ten percent? And I guess I interpreted the call to be saying that the cops, some of them, are reluctant to do that. Let's go one hundred and ten percent because they don't want to be second guessed for being too aggressive. Well, to me, that, that tells me that you you tells me that you're not out here out doing your job. You're not ready to protect and serve. Yeah. If you don't want to stop an individual who is who's committing a crime in this community, uh, you know, or, or you know, even though it's maybe he just ran a red light, yeah. and you don't want to, and you don't want to stop that individual. Then the fact is, the uh, you you you're you're not doing your job. Yeah, I don't I don't and disagree. So, so, we we so need no, we I need mean, the laws I wanna, enforced. I want to please. If you don't want to do your job, I think you should quit. And I want a police officer to go 110 percent to do, mm-hmm. come out in this community and and basically protect protect the individuals. And so 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 no, I don't I don't want a cop doing half half to half half his job. I want a cop to do his his, his full job that he needs to do. Okay, paying him to do that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fewer cops. Yeah. yeah, that that the mayor that the mayor uh, 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 decreased the budget of the police force. The fact is, I'm one person that doesn't believe that. Uh, uh, we that I expect a police officer to be on my on my porch to protect me every time, but we do need police officers one to capture the individuals who are committing crimes out here, and second to investigate those particular crimes. And so when you take away take away numbers, then the fact is we don't have the individuals out here to do to to, to do those things. Right. And so more and more people are not only committing crimes, they're getting away with these crimes. And so, no, I think it's distressful what the mayor did, and, and, and I hope the Common Council comes to have some common sense and, and denies that. Because with the situation that's going on, to, going on today with the number of murders that we're having in this city, it's a pandemic. Yeah. And so if, if, if we don't understand that, yeah. And we don't understand that it's going to continue to happen. Yeah, no, Vince, I, I love that phrase. I mean, it is a pandemic. That That's exactly, it is a pandemic of violence. And I see, I for everybody out that's out there, so I think we want to defund the police. I think the majority of people, they, you, you, you want to be safe. And, and you, you, you want to be protected and you want to have decent police response. And, you know, maybe you can get to a point where you've, you've got crime under control and you can look at decreasing the number of police officers. But we're not there now. And budgeting is a matter of priorities. I cannot imagine what could be anything other than the top priority in the city of Milwaukee right now, which is police officers on the street giving, in Vincent's phrase, a way to deal with the pandemic of violent crime. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So what's that you said, Melissa? Poop weather between now and Monday? Is that pretty much it? That's pretty much it. Monday's <laughs> going to be a good day. Right. You could just shorten the forecast up, Jeff, and just say, it's, it's, not it, good it, till Monday. It's going to be <laughs> just really crummy until Monday. It's going <laughs> to be right. cold and rainy and, mm-hmm. and whatever. And if you've got outdoor plans, good luck with any of that stuff. But it's going to be nice next week. So yes. we will we will get through that. You know, it's... Uh, well, one final text. This is now, Gru. We should tell this. We, one final text here. It's a shout out to our last caller, Vincent from the Northwest Side. He's one of our regular callers. Vincent is what I call a Wilbury, you know, and that's um, 
you know, it, it's it it goes back. To, it's kind of this game that's out like the Wilburys, the traveling Wilburys, which were like Tom Petty and Bob Dylan and Roy Orbison. And you can have people who are like really, really good, but they're not necessarily Wilburys. As a caller, Vincent is a Wilbury, which is the highest compliment I can pay. Anyhow, here's a text. Jeff, as a Milwaukee police officer, if our city leaders had Vincent's attitude, trust me, our morale would be a lot better. I think there is something to be said about that. Um, I just to tell you, can you imagine being a police officer in today's climate where you've got everybody second guessing you and you've got, which isn't to say that police are, are right all the time. They're, they're not. But this, this overt hostility that's out there. Okay. As somebody who makes a living speaking into an open microphone for three hours a day and has done that for a long time, I, I, I read in the tree. I, I, I'm always amazed at at how many of my colleagues end up getting in trouble for saying something that that, that in, in a lot of cases it, it's just it's a stupid thing. It's a remark that they think might be clever or whatever, and and maybe maybe it would have been treated differently ten or fifteen years ago, but. It's not now. You know, I, you see this particularly in the area of sports talk radio, which historically has been it's been dominated by guys and it's been for a young male listening audience. That's historically now changing a little bit. But what would happen is you would have the these sports talk show hosts who would just say the most outlandish thing, you know, sexist, whatever, and, and nobody would think anything of it because they were just kind of playing to their audience. Well, nowadays, you, you pick up the trades on almost a daily basis, and you see somebody who's been fired for saying something that probably would have gotten laughs five years ago, but it's not five years ago, and you need to be mindful of that. So I, I understand that there is, th- that you know, attitudes change, and so people have to change with the times. At the same time, that doesn't mean that, you know, we should necessarily give in to political correctness run amok. A lot of people find themselves on on the wrong side of the, the Twitterverse or whatever. If, if they say something and it ends up getting out there and then it causes heartburn to some people, which is why I want to talk about this story. Young, young guy, his name is Quinn Simmons. Quinn Simmons is an American professional cyclist. I mean, think Lance Armstrong, although he's not Lance Armstrong. And he, he like competes in the Tour de France and things like that. And he, he rides for a, a team. Um, it's Trek Segafredo. You know, it, it's a bicycling team. So he's part of that team. He, he's paid. Well, he got, he got fired or suspended the other day. He, here's what happened. Okay, so he, he's an American. He's in Europe. He apparently there's a Dutch journalist. Her name is uh, Josie Bean. All right, so he, he follows her, and and she's a Dutch journalist. So she she sends out a tweet, and he's one of the followers. And here's what she says: She hoped for her American friends that quote this horrible presidency ends for you, adding if you follow me and support Trump, you can go. So that's, that's what she says. She's this Dutch journalist. She says, I hope that this horrible presidency ends for you. And if you follow me and support Trump, you can go. All right. Okay. He's this, this 19-year-old guy. And he, he follows. This is his private Twitter account. So when she writes, I hope this horrible presidency ends for you. And if you follow me and you support Trump, you can go. So you know what he says? He, write, he responds to this. 
It's one word. He says, bye. <laughs> you know, bye, with the, with the hand emoji waving. So he says, you know, you, you if you follow me and support Trump, you can go. And so he just says, bye. And, and he waves it. All right. That, that's that's all he does. And then after somebody sees this, somebody else tweets at him. You are apparently a Trumper, end quote. And he says, that's right. Quote, unquote, that's right. With an American flag emoji. So th- th- this is what the 19 the year old has done. Y- yes, I yes, I am a Trumper. Yes. And. You know, you if you follow me and support Trump, you can go. And he responds by saying bye. So he, he's not being obscene. He's not, I, I don't know, saying stuff that is sexist or misogynistic or homophobic or anything. He just says, okay, bye. You, you say if I support Trump, you know, you, you can leave. And he says bye. They have now suspended him, suspended him for for those two things responding to the tweet in that fashion. This is his first uh, year with the team. He's been suspended for what they describe as divisive comments on his personal Twitter account. Our number, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Look, I, I, I understand that employers have broad have broad discretion to you know deal with people on social media and when people say things that end up embarrassing their employers there are consequences i mean that's that's the whole thing with freedom of speech means you get to say it but it doesn't mean that it should be free of consequences and i understand that you got to be careful with what you say out there on social media because you're going to always have people that are going to react in some in positive ways some in negative ways but but what this guy did is there anything in either of these responses that, in your opinion, would justify him being suspended or fired? And this isn't a question of does the team have the right to do it. The question is, is this the right thing to do? If you're a never Trumper, I don't want you to follow me. If you're a Trumper, I don't want you to follow me. And he says, bye. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's his response. That's what he says. Have we really gotten to a point in, in 2020 where you, you can't, you can't do that without fear of losing your job? And I guess I always say to people, I mean, um, imagine the, the flip side of this. If he would have, if, if instead the text had been, if you support the Black Lives Matter movement, all right, then, and you follow me, just don't bother. And he would have said bye about that. You know, just, I mean, fill in something on the other side. Is there any way that they would have taken action against him? And my answer is no. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm sorry, I I think this stinks. And this is, this is the McCarthyism of, you know, this is the 1950s replaying itself in 2020, although the sides have been reversed, where you can't say, yeah, I, I support President Trump on your personal Twitter account without running the risk of getting fired. We discuss in a moment. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. Mike in Lake Geneva. Mike, good afternoon. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Real thank you. Okay, was was this guy treated fairly? Not at all. Um, As I was telling your screener, I'm really glad for the break you used McCarthyism. Yeah, McCarthyism, yep. 
Hello? Hello? Oh, we lost the cell phone. Um, I, I guess it, to me that this is the, the McCarthyism. That this is the, the, this idea that you know if you if you don't engage in the current group think that it's not just enough that we're going to disagree with you or denounce you, but what we're going to do is we're, we're going to take your, your job away. I mean, it, it's not like the guy came out and was endorsing pedophilia. I, I mean, that, and, and again, there, there's nothing that this 19-year-old did that the comments weren't sexist, they weren't homophobic, they, they weren't racist. It's just some... Some Dutch journalist says, gee, if you follow Trump, you know, then you, uh, you know, you shouldn't be following me. And he says, bye. All right. All that is, is just an expression of his particular position. And and yes, I understand. And maybe the racing team, including Trek, that makes the high end bikes that we all buy. um, Okay. They they don't like it, but it's divisive. What, what is, what is divisive about that? And again, ask the question, if, if it had been Joe Biden that he had been expressing support for, would they have said that? that was divisive and the answer is of course they they wouldn't i mean of course they wouldn't um let's see uh jeff no this was definitely the wrong thing to do my solution to all of this nonsense that goes on is to stay off of social media i have never had a social single social media account in my life i'm happy and unstressed i'd like to keep it that way well okay and i, I understand and, and there is a there is something to that. But again, the reason most people get in trouble on social media is that they, they say stuff or they pass on things, which I think most reasonable people could agree would be inappropriate. Well, now this is moving into a different level. This isn't a comment that any reasonable person could consider to be inappropriate. I mean, look, I, I don't know if President Trump is going to win the, the, the election or not, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's going to draw at least 45% of the, the popular vote. Millions and millions and millions of people are going to vote for him, and apparently the, the fact that you merely say you support him is enough to get you fired by this Trek racing team. Um, you know, Jeff, when do oversensitive people get a clue? Everybody has an opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of... Um, that's kind of it. Jeff, this is ridiculous. By no means am I a Trump supporter. I'm the complete opposite. But this guy has the right to support whoever he chooses without losing his job. Well, absolutely. Jeff, good for the young man to stand up for Trump. If you bottled up all the negative liberal gas, you could fuel the Hindenburg. Well, I, again, it's just all he's saying is that this is who I support. Jeff, it's gotten out of control. I know someone personally who stated on her personal page, which was private, that, quote, unquote, all lives matter. And she was fired from her job that she had had for over 30 years. Jeff, this is why there is a silent majority. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is one of the reasons why that you have all sorts of people that are out there who are reluctant to respond when when people I, I do think that the support for President Trump and I'm not making any predictions about whether he's going to win or lose, but I do think it is it is deeper than it's picked up by the pollsters because of stuff like this. All you do is you send out a tweet saying, Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a Trump supporter. I, I am and and you, you lose your job. Well um, Jeff, if the NFL, NBA, and MLB can use their platforms for their political agendas, why can't this cyclist use his private account to preach what he believes in? The man is being targeted solely because he supports the president, and I think that is wrong. Um, I 
I agree. I think it is wrong as well. Um, Jeff, this is why the undecided need to vote for for Trump. The left is intolerable to any individual thought. Well, I think there is an element to that. But again, this is this is McCarthyism playing out. This is the idea that if you you even dare to voice in a completely inappropriate appropriate way, you even dare to say, look, I, I disagree with the, the liberal intelligentsia that's out there. You're going to lose the job. And, and this it's scary. It really is scary. I don't care if you vote for Biden. I don't care if you vote for Trump. I don't care if you like Trump. I don't care if you like Biden. I don't care how you feel about the Black Lives Matter movement, etc. But the idea that you can express your position in a respectful fashion and still then lose your job because, gee, it's divisive because somebody might disagree with you, that is scary and I don't know, maybe the word to apply that, maybe Trek should consider this, the word for that is un-American.